Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today we have a very, very special treat, an unusual rare occurrence. We have a real important celebrity on the podcast as opposed to the three of us who you normally listen to. Today, from Kids in the Hall fame, we have Kevin McDonald. Kevin, welcome to Gen X Grown Up. How are you, sir? I'm very fine. Thank you very much. Do you have to be a Gen X? Because uh, uh, I was born in the early 60s and I, I'm, I'm just the end of post-war baby boom. I read that once. I think we can make an exception for you in this case. <laughs> Old man, uh, I'm in the last year of post-war baby boom. We are very inclusive here at Gen X Growing Up, so we're happy to have you on board. And thank you so much for spending some time with us today. You are involved with a very special project right now. And I wanted to find out, how did you connect with the Southern Shakespeare Company and what attracted you to their project? Well, um, they contacted me because their director, uh, whose name is James Bond, isn't that neat? And don't call him Jimmy. Don't call, call him James. He likes to be called Jay. Um, he... Um, I guess he was a high school kid when the Kids in the Hall show, um, the original show, was on in the 90s. And um, at first they were going to do Twelfth Night two years ago. Um, and then they th- he thought that uh, I was perfect for it. I, I thought it was uh, silly, but I've always wanted to do something that I'm afraid of. Sketch comedy, I'm not afraid of it. Not that I'm the king of it or anything. I'm, I'm just not afraid of it. You get used to bombing, you're just not afraid of it anymore. But bombing Shakespeare sounds horrible. Though I haven't done it yet, so I could still bomb. Um, and uh, so they asked me to do that. And I um, I read it. I, I read the script and liked it. I had a few notes. No, I read that. <laughs> uh, I saw how it was sort of... Mo- I read a... Um, uh, no, it's called No Fear Shakespeare. And uh, so on one side of the page, the, it's the actual script. And the other side, it's in um, modern day English, so you can understand. So, uh, and they, um, all these Shakespearean actors made fun of me, but it really helped. I don't care. I don't care. They can make fun of me. I don't care. They're stupid Shakespeare actors. And... Um, I realized that uh, first Malvolio on Twelfth Night, I thought, um, uh, well, it's sort of like Frank Burns and MASH. He's Frank Burns, and the other guys are um, uh, Hawkeye and Trapper John. So I, I can relate to it. Shakespeare really did invent everything. And then um, the virus ruined that, and then um, uh, then they offered me the part this year of Dogberry in um, um, Much Ado About Nothing. And uh, I connected with that even more. I connected with it. It sounds so funny. I connected with Shakespeare on that even more um, because, again, it seems super modern um, uh, because the character gets obsessed. Another character uh, calls Dogberry, uh, here I won't ruin it, but, uh, but like an insult. And he gets obsessed throughout the whole script. And obsession comedy is one of the things I like to write the best. And um, uh, I can really identify with it. And even if I fail playing it, I, I'll fail identifying with it. What were your memories of studying Shakespeare in school, if any? Or did you have any prior history or experience with Shakespeare? Yeah, in high school, um, we, um, uh, we studied Macbeth, which was sort of my favorite. They showed us the young, sexy Macbeth uh, movie that uh, Roman Polanski did. Um, um, with John Finch, and I forget to play Lady Macbeth, and I loved it. And it was so bloody and violent, 
it was a, a not that I like blood and violin. Actually, it was a little too blood and violin, and it was out in the early seventies. It was like a bit of a repeat by the time I had seen it, and uh, uh, it sort of it was sort of almost funny because of Monty Python. It was so like heads were flying off so much. It was like, but it, it's great, and I and I like that. But they also um, uh, t- I remember in high school learning Hamlet and learning, um, and we had to learn a monologue. Um, and I learned the monologue because um, we also learned uh, uh, Caesar. And I um, and I I have three lines memorized. Four score. No, that's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago. There, uh, I've memorized something. And then uh, to get into college for acting, you had to do one modern monologue and one um, uh, classical. And so I did the Hamlet one, which is where I was. Um, uh, a weird looking fuzzy haired guy with thick glasses going to be or not to be. Um, <laughs> but I got in anyway. Tell us about the play much ado about nothing and how your character Dogberry figures into the story. Well, it's, um, it's one of those Shakespearean things. <laughs> it sounds like an insult. Um, where there's, I mean, he invented everything. There's misunderstandings. People think other people are, are dead. People think other people have cheated on them. And, um, I'm the the head volunteer cop of uh, of the city in Italy, Messina. I think it takes place. I say Messina a few times, so I, I think it's Messina, unless Messina is my mother's name or something. I think it's the city, and um, um, I'm, I'm a volunteer cop, and I'm, and I'm a bumbling a bumbling idiot, and um, I'm also a bubbling idiot, but um, <laughs> bumbling is what Shakespeare wanted, and my team. Um, of, uh, of cops, I say cops, uh, whatever they were called back then, um, are idiots too, but I'm the biggest idiot and I'm in charge. And we accidentally discover the plot and, um, and sort of accidentally solve everything, even though we're uh, idiots. And I read that um, Shakespeare was making fun of a thing that was happening in England. There were idiots uh, volunteering to be pl- police officers. I guess it was like a volunteer uh, fire department. They had volunteer police officers. Um, and they, um, um, I guess he thought they were idiots. And so he was sort of writing a satire of what was going on there, which I always find interesting. Um, um, satires of something like that's uh, like 400 years old or 500 years. I don't know. Math. Yeah. <laughs> Maths are hard. Yes. Right. The Southern Shakespeare Company presents Much Ado About Nothing, starring Kevin McDonald of Kids in the Hall fame. A free Shakespeare in the Park event in beautiful downtown Tallahassee, Florida, May 5th through the 8th. Saturday and Sunday will also feature Renaissance-themed performers and an abridged Romeo and Juliet. Join us for theater, food, festivities, and laughs. Visit southernshakes.org for more information. How did your background with improv and sketch comedy prepare you for this role of Dogberry? During the rehearsal process, well, first of all, during the first five or six months where I'm alone in my, well, not alone, I have a family, but when I'm rehearsing and memorizing, I'm alone. Um, ad-libbing helped a lot. Not that you can ad-lib Shakespeare, but um, but as a rehearsal tool, it helped, uh, it helped me get into the character more. And even ad-libbing um, and improvising physical, it, it gets you up on your feet. Improv, um, I mean, that's how I started. I said I was in acting uh, college, but I was kicked out after three months. They said um, I was one, a one-legged actor, that I was only, uh, my one leg was comedy. Oh, but the guy that kicked me out, the head of the department, he was an actual one-legged actor. Yeah, <laughs> you've heard this. He was an actual legged actor. He had lost a leg during a production of Pippin, which um, Bob Fosse Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> where was I? 
so they, they, um, the, the improv teacher in the, the, the college told me to go to Second City because I was living in Toronto. There was a Second City in Chicago and Toronto. And um, uh, I went to Second City workshops where I met the kids in the hall one by one. I guess just one, and then we met the other. Um, but anyway, everything I do, whether I'm writing or rehearsing or, or performing, even Shakespeare um, uh, comes from my improv background. It was, it's the freest way to start. It, and a lot of people stay in improv. It, you know, it's a good lazy thing to do. You don't have to memorize lines. I hate memorizing lines. I hate memorizing Shakespeare. I, his lines are amazing, but I hate memorizing. <laughs> Come you, sir, justice cannot tame you, for she shall never weigh more reasons. And I, and I find I do it well. You know, I, I'm not a good singer, though I sing a lot on stage in my comedy act. Um, but I sing better if I uh, do fake opera. I am the dead. So I'm doing fake Shakespeare, and uh, <laughs> I do better. I do fake uh, Olivier. Come, you serve. Justice cannot tame you. And it sort of comes off like comedy. So it's sort of working for me. Here's a recent quote from you Shakespeare really was a genius. Dogberry is so funny, and in such a modern way, he has the key element of great comedy obsessiveness, which I love to play. I'm crazily excited to do this play with everyone. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? It's true. Yeah. Like Dogberry is an obsessive character. Um, yeah, he gets obsessed if someone calls him, well, to say it, someone calls him an ass and he, um, and he gets obsessed um, and he keeps saying the word ass and, ass and he keeps telling his man, remember, I am an ass. And uh, like, I know what Dogberry means and I've been, rec- I've been called an ass, but it, he keeps saying, I'm an ass. Um, and I've added a few more asses. I am sort of ad-libbing Shakespeare, which uh, I don't know if James Bond loves. And I, I, keep, I think he thinks that he'll get me to stop by the, the showtime. I'm going to like um, the stuff I've added. I'm going to do the first night. And as soon as it doesn't get laughs, I won't do it anymore. Um, but I say ass a lot. I, I hate this phrase, but um, I can't think of a better one. Uh, being obsessed by the fact that someone called me an ass is sort of, here's the phrase, in my wheelhouse. Not that I live in a wheelhouse. Uh, I live in a normal house. <laughs> There's no wheels. There's a bike in the garage and a car. Um, uh, but uh, a lot of the sketches I wrote for um, um, and co-wrote for the kids in house, um, I get obsessed that um, someone is doing something to me, or someone uh, is going to do something to me, or something, or someone is calling me something. And um, so <laughs> this is uh, this is so untrue what I'm about to say. It's almost like I could have written much ado about nothing. Do you have any plans to continue your theater work? Well, you know what I was thinking. This is crazy, and I'm whispering because because <laughs> I'm sure no one will let me do this. But um, the three months I was in acting college in uh, Toronto. Um, Niagara on the Lake, which is an hour or two away from Toronto, has the Shaw Festival, George Bernard Shaw. And there was a legendary uh, actor who did Shaw, Canadian, uh, Heath Lambert, who was cool and weird and crazy. And he later uh, became a Kids in the Hall fan. Before we had a TV show, he directed some of our live things. But back then, he was just like a, a, a legend. And he sort of did what, what I'm probably failing at doing, but what I'm trying to do, do a modern presentation while speaking classically, Mod, but modern just in motives and in um, the way that I get obsessed and things like that. And so uh, they'll never let me, but I'm thinking of uh, maybe asking the Bernard Shaw, uh, the Shaw Festival if I could do like uh, some of that. The language is a little easier. I am sort of interested in doing it. I'm also thinking of writing a, a play uh, about a, a minor celebrity actor who gets asked to do Shakespeare and he has crazy uh, ideas for how to ch- <laughs> change into stuff. Or at the very least, it doesn't have to be like classy language stuff. 
um, I would like to act a bit more. I mean, I, I'm, I was always surprised that I wasn't, uh, like, without comedy, I wasn't always, a, like, a great actor. Because the first thing I loved was Marlon Brando and On the Waterfront. Like, I love great, like, acting. I'm, I'm, I think I could be a talent scout for great acting, and I understand great acting. So deep inside me, there must be, like, I must be able to act a little bit. Uh, you see a lot of stand-up comics like Steve Martin and Robin Williams who got better over the years. It's too late for me now. I'm near the. Uh, I'm close to the end in the beginning, but um, maybe for the next twenty years, I can um, uh, do enough. Uh, though, on the other hand, I kind of feel I uh, I feel boring when it isn't comedy because even though this is classical language, it's comedy. It's big comedy. It's like over the top comedy, like it's um, um, like the Dogberry part anyway. Um, so to do something that isn't comedy, one day I should do that. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us here on Gen X Grown Up. We cannot wait to go attend your Shakespeare play here in Tallahassee, Florida, starting on May the 5th and continuing through May the 8th. We wish you all the best of luck. Thank you very much, and I promise to try my best not to ruin Shakespeare. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.